I see it's gowny time again. <laughs> it's gowny time. Last time you told me not to be shy to wear my gown if I need to. <laughs> Don't, yeah, why must you be shy? I'm, do you want I'm a, a small gusset? Small gusset. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep that in mind for next week. Thank you. I'm I'm here in my I'm in bed. This is my this is my this is my duvet. I'll have you know. I'll have you know that I crawled out of bed for this after putting uh, my daughter to after putting my daughter to sleep. That's fine because no, we, I, we, I we trekked I all the way the across the Burevos curtain <laughs> for you. So I think it's only fair. No, honestly, honestly, having you guys there was really awesome. But it was we were, really cool. Like it was, it was really, really cool. fun. We had we had the best evening. Well, we should do it again, you know, with like a hundred less people. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> we should definitely do another book launch and, a, and another your, movie of your world famous novel, Last Feather, <laughs> out now in all good bookstores. We should definitely do another See, launch. With no people there, just us. There's even much, guys. There's much. He's, oh, he's still reading. You know, Shadley hasn't taken the t-shirt off since Friday. Don't tell people. Okay, my daughter's still wearing the princess dress, so same. But I, yeah, I but... actually did wear that t-shirt uh, for the whole weekend. Um, I think I took it off for the first time. Uh, like when I took it off Sunday to go to bed, was I wore it like consistently through the whole day. Thought I smelled something. <laughs> no, it was fine. I loved that. it. That t-shirt is so comfy. The logo is so nice. It's great. Like, if you don't know what, like, there are strangers listening to us as we speak. <laughs> so for those of you that maybe don't know, last week, Friday, and also the reason why there wasn't an episode of um, IGN's watch list was because uh, I had some personal issues that I needed to to take care of. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll, you'll probably know that my mother has lung cancer, so there were some things that we needed to do there. But um, Shamel Patel... Uh, also a novel, a debut novel, also launched on Friday. And it was the best time. And I'm sure some of you that listened to this podcast was there. I'm sure there was people that that were like, we, we, not, we actually want to see the podcast people. We don't care about this silly book, but we know the four of them are going to be there. And I know you just got tired and you spent home. You know, you don't want to approach <laughs> us because you thought that might be weird. We, but we know you were there. The guys, no, back me up. Yeah, no, nah, it's 100% true. Nah, I'm actually going to backside up there. You know, we, we were there for us. Correct, correct. There was there was one point where I turned around and some panties hit me. And, and <laughs> <laughs> Look, like, even, I mean, even, even I was there for you, so. Yeah, 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 definitely. But seriously, though, it was such a fun time. It was. Yeah, really. Such it a really time. was. Um, and it would have... Even done, if it was deep. Deep in the north, I have to click <laughs> from the deep south into the deep north. Listen, Hello, welcome to my world. After I signed someone's book, they were like, thank you so much. I have to drive back to Hermanus. <laughs> Whoa! Oh, yo. Okay. Okay. Wow. I retract my statement. Yeah. I retract my statement. Wow. I didn't get that. You ain't got nothing on Hermanus. <laughs> yeah. <so>. Yo, that's... <laughs> that's mad. Nah, that's dedication. I, I I give full props to that person. That <laughs> is a fan. But it's a like, proper you know, fan. Yeah, Shamiz, you were saying in 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 our, in our WhatsApp podcast WhatsApp group about like how that was now. We've we've tried three on three separate occasions to all get together, uh, twice to actually record, and once just suma because because I was like, look, guys, um, let's have lunch together. I want to say thank you, uh, and then I forget Same. one of us got sick. Let's be honest, that wasn't just Summer, just that was because Kevin was posting too many lunch photos. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, okay. Like, yeah. And badge, we, were gonna get, we were gonna get together for lunch, and then someone got sick and it didn't work out. And then it was like the, we, twice we tried to get together to actually record the podcast live and in person, and it didn't work. But then Shamiz had to go and write a whole ass novel. <laughs> That's what and ever launch, eh? Not, not and ever launch. That had grape tizer. And biscuits. And <laughs> Your obsession with the grapetizer. <laughs> yeah, well, bro, I asked her for one thing. I said, look, are you going to have this launch? two things. Okay, two things. I asked her two things. I said, can we have apple tizer? And can we have prawns? And she was like, I'm not involved in the organization of this thing at all. And then ultimately, when I got there, there was no prawns. And then I saw, ooh, that looks like an appetizer bottle. And I ran up to it, and it was grape tizer. 
Which no, is superior you, to Apple Tizer. It is not superior. It is. 100% superior. Oh, yo, that's a, that's a tough one. White yeah. bread is the one. Okay, I'm, I'm going to say this, though, that, that Pia is the bottom tier. Yes, is, okay. It is yeah. indeed. That's yeah, fine. Indeed. No one's going to argue that. Yeah, Pia is like the, the unwanted light. For a second, did you guys remember there used to be like a pomegranate version? But they didn't call it pomegranate either because that sounds cuck, right? But they had like a special edition pomegranate flavor that was like, like either, no. either you making this up or I have blocked this memory to so bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, for or you, you. Or you experienced it in a foreign country somewhere that they. This Marvel sold. multiverse is thinking of getting out of hand. <laughs> like somewhere, somewhere you like you diverged off of the current timeline into another one. I can buy into that though. I like pomegranate. No. But pomegranate is a no. No. Yeah, no. It, it was. Look, I can't remember if it was good or not. I just remember that there was such a thing, and it existed for a bit, and we we like had it and so on. But Shamiz, um, just just to talk, like, just we'll just we won't go on for too long. Um, as the the star of the show, right? The series in nice, the star of the show. Like, what was it like to attend your book launch? Um, and there was like at least 150 people there, I think. And they all came there like to see you. That must have been weird. It was weird. It was a very strange and wonderful experience. I mean, the whole night felt uh, felt unreal. And then the next day I had like an emotional hangover. I imagine that is what a hangover would feel like at least. Every, everything was just sort of processing while going through photos. It only really hit me the next day that that people want to read the book, that they care. So that's cool. I'll give, give you some advice, just like, because I'm imagining you're going to be doing this kind of thing a lot as time goes on, because um, I, I, this book is going to be like huge, right? But just some advice. You can't talk to everybody when you sign a book. <laughs> Sign and move. Gotta gotta keep that line moving. I'm so sorry. The the next book, people are gonna be camping outside because they want to talk to you. Like actually, 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 you can spend as much time as you want. I take that back. But we need special VIP access so we can just jump. Yeah, because we got. (laughs) We ended up hopefully before the next up. We'll see each other. We ended up at the back of the line by purely by chance. It wasn't intentional. We were right at the back of the line. We were like, why did we end up at the back of the line? Right? But okay, fine, whatever. We were talking and whatever. And then these two older white women came behind us. So they were right at the back. And then when it was our turn, you completely bypassed us. We were like, oh, whoever these two white ladies are, they ran Please, please don't say with one of them is they're the modest people because then we're going to feel bad. <laughs> Or, or, or please, dear Lord, don't say it's your husband's like mother or something. It was such a strange queue of people. I'm, I'm going to be honest, have never had a queue of people waiting on me before. <laughs> it was it was strange. I, I've spelled so many names that night. Um, but of course, the, the, the sign that you put in Kerbin's book is still obviously the best one. <laughs> that, was the only, the best the, one. that was the I, only custom, custom that, signature. That's going to be a click, I was one, so jealous. Like, when he, when he <laughs> said you must sign it as Shamorbius, Petrovius, <laughs> Papa Tenobius, I was like, yo, I missed yeah, out. Right, like, yes, so it's okay, Zaid. I mean, you do have like three copies. I, I do have three copies. <laughs> yeah, it's not like you go go get another copy or get it signed. I want to get another one. I want to get another one. I want to sign it like that. But wait, let me intro the show. Let me intro the show because, um, you know, the show's not actually... Like, we joke about how the show is called, like, Shamiz, Batal, Papa, Tanasio, and Three Idiots. <laughs> can and it's going. slowly, slowly becoming this. We should just keep going. Make this an RRR intro, you know. Intro we have 40 minutes in. 40 minutes in. And then it's like the real movie starts now. 
Assalamualaikum to episode 36 of 1 million of iGen's Watchlist. I'm your host, Ed Kirill, alongside a triumphant trio of nerds. Starting with the Kerbinate himself, Kevin Fluter, the nerd from Noah Shadlinisai, and the first Shamalama Ding Dong, Shamiz Patel Papathanasio. Nobody knows who that other guy is anymore. Nobody was, there wasn't 150 people queuing to sign his book. Um, I can guarantee you that much. <laughs> um, yeah, so the movie of the week was The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, and I can't remember who nominated that, but I can hazard a guess. Shamiz. It was Shamiz. Yes, that sounded oh, like surprise, a Shamiz movie. Surprise, surprise. It wasn't violence, though. It wasn't. No, no it, it was, was not. No, it was okay. not. Uh, to, be, to be honest, I have actually wanted to watch that movie um, based purely on the title. It's just such a, you know, like a, So it's such an intriguing title. Um, and so I was actually glad when it won. But what were the other nominees? It was so long ago. <laughs> I can't even remember. Damn. What were yeah, the other nominees? What was the three? Oh, at least. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Alien 3 and it was... Uh, the, the theme was... The Hustlers? Uh, the Hustlers, yes. The theme of no, the... Nine to five. Hustlers, yeah. Alien Three. What's Alien Three? That wasn't. No, 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 no. Alien Three was the week before. Was the week before? Mm, it was. It was three. women. It was like a film where the three. majority of the yeah. cast is women. At least the, yes. the first three names of the castlers had to be women. Um, and of course, the castlers of this was America Ferreira, Blake Lively, Alexis Bledel, and Amber Tamblyn. Interestingly enough, all four of them. Starred in their own shows, um, and they were like the lead, the lead in their own show, and they were all like critically acclaimed shows. So like, um, I, I was too lazy to check if they did the shows before they did the movie, or if they got the movies after they got the shows, or which direction that actually went into. But come uh, American Ferreira um, was obviously Ugly Betty, which was a huge show. Um, Alexis Bledel, probably the hugest show of the of the four, was uh, the Gilmore Girls. Um, Blake Lively was obviously um, what's her name Serena Vanderwoodson from Gossip Girl, and Amber Tamblyn was in Joan of Arcadia, which I think most people probably don't remember, but that was a pretty solid show. I can that was a really good show. Just yeah, just come on ETV. I'd only lasted two seasons though, but I have, and I couldn't tell you what it was about exactly, but I know I saw it and like I just saw the I just remember the trailer on ETV. I have not seen a single second of that show. It was pretty dope. Um, so like what's so for me what's interesting about that is, is that like normally when you get like a, a film or something that has a um, like an, a female ensemble or something there's always like one or two characters who fall by the wayside you know but like all four of them like are legit stars in their own right you know but even um, in this movie they all each of them held their ground yes that's very yeah. true um, well Well, maybe not Alexis Bledel. And that's not really her fault, right? Um, so before we get into that, right? So The Sister of the Traveling Pants is um, based on a book series. I'm going to guess at some point during this <laughs> during this podcast, we're going to hear Shami say, well, in the book. Um, I'm just assuming. But anyway, The Sister of the Traveling Pants is a 2005 American comedy drama film directed by Ken Kapus, um, based on the 2001 novel of the same name by Anne Brasheras. I think I said that correctly. The film stars, as I said, American Ferreira, Amber Tamblyn, Blake Lively, and Alexis Bledel. The story follows four best friends who buy a mysterious pair of pants that fits each of them despite their differing sizes. The girls share the pants equally as they spend their first American summer apart. Uh, which sounds, on the face of it, like a very boring film, but I really enjoyed this movie. Like, I liked it, like, I liked it a lot, a lot. This um, good. Said cried. He admitted to crying. But I didn't cry. Uh, but it was a crying movie. You said there was tears. <laughs> you, you said there was chunking. <laughs> I said there was chunking in the movie. Ah, ah, ah. Don't come twist, twist your words here. You <laughs> said there was tears. That's okay. There was there was emotional damage. I will accept. But but you agree with me that if I did cry, and I'm not confirming or denying this, that my reasoning for the crying was hella justified. 
I'm crying. Assuming that such crying happened. Yeah, Maybe. that's fair. It's it's fair. It's it's, <laughs> no. it's on the grounds for crying. Okay, let's let's sketch it out. Why, right? So uh, the movie, the in a way, it's actually four movies. Right? It's four the, stories. The, the girls don't actually spend a lot of their time together. Because um, like at the beginning of the movie, they just lay out that they were all born around about the same time. Their mothers met doing um, yoga, uh, pregnancy yoga, like while just before the, just like while they were like pregnant, and then they all gave birth around about the same time. And the mothers became friends, and so they became friends, and they just like literally grew up with each other. They they are basically sisters because they don't know life without each other. And so the movie is like the senior year of high school or something, or maybe they're finishing school, I can't remember. And it's the first time in their lives that they are not together for the three months of summer. So Blake Lively's character is going to a summer camp for soccer. Uh, Carmen, who is a medical Ferreira's character, is going to stay with her father because her parents are divorced. Um, Alexis Playdell is going to Santorini, Greece, to spend time with her grandparents who she's never really met that much. And Alexis, no, sorry, Amber Tamblyn is the only one uh, who stays at home and she's going to like make a movie while working at Macro. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Basically, basically Macro. It's basically Macro, yeah. So the reason why I was, why I may or may not have been chunking is because Carmen's story is like, she's going to be with the, she's going to like stay with the daddy for the summer. And like, she's like, I'm going to have the whole summer just me and my daddy for like the first time since I was five years old when my parents got divorced. And then the bra picks her up at the airport or the train station or wherever it is. And he drives her and she's like, oh, this is not where you stay. Where are you taking me? And he takes her, she takes her to like this new house and this nice lady comes out and this young man and this little girl. And she's like, hey, this is like going to be your stepmother because we're getting married and this is your new brother and sister. And I'm like, you, what the frick? What is this? Like, you don't spring that on your lighty. And just the whole interaction with this guy, he's just a drug, my bro. Just the way he treats his daughter, I wanted to reach into the TV and choke the life out of him. He's hot. So I agree with that. That's the emotion I felt because you had, I was a bit confused now because you were saying, talking about how the crying comes out and you mentioned this part. This is not the crying part for me. The, 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 the what's the name? It stayed back home, um, whose character's name I can't oh, remember right now. Yeah. Abby, that's the crying Abby, part. That's the crying part. Bailey. This, that part is the I want to punch someone through the TV part. That, 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 but I was, uh, oh, really, it was a draw. Really no, I was I, look now what happens with Toby and and we'll get into that in a second was also like that's super sad. I'm 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 not gonna deny it. In fact, it's horrendously sad. <laughs> but I just emotional really damage. Felt, <laughs> I just really felt emotional for this girl, man. It's like what added to Carmen's pain as well is not just that her father clearly had a new family. But it was also the racial difference. You know, you had this like perfect little family that fit into what white, was white seen as America. like, yeah. Yeah, it's it's like she stands out like a sore thumb. She stands yes. out like very, very predominantly the situation. It's, and she's the only one. It's not that she had a mother there with her. It's it's so funny, Zay, that you mentioned that this is like uh, the scene. They're like, this is, this is the thing that made you cry. Because like this actually made me emotional this time because it's very personal to me. I'm like in a similar personal situation. So I was like, you know that scene on the phone where she she speaks to a dad. Uh, that that hit me that, on the that, board. That, I was like, was yeah, yara, I know, I know what that is like. Yes, us. I was like, court of God. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's the moment that I'm talking about. Because like when Toby like says like you're always making. Um, because like Carmen's thing is, is that her father treats her like shit. He, he does, man. Um, and I don't think he's doing it out of malice. He's not like, ha, I'm going no, to hurt and twist her feelings. No, he's, the, he's, the, the problem is that like, he's distant. Like he's indifferent about the relationship. And he that's the problem. He truly doesn't care. Yeah. It, I don't want to say he doesn't care, but he doesn't see, that. he doesn't see the damage he's doing. Like, he does. He see, thinks everything is just okay as it is. 
yeah and it's like like when she says to when she meets him for the first time um and they like go into this new house she says to him why are we going to the suburbs you hate the suburbs and then she's like then he's like what what when did i say that and then she like recounts it because every moment with him for her is so precious because she spends so little time with him and then she tells him a story about no when we went to a museum or something and then you said no the suburbs is junk or whatever and he's like huh so his whole thing is is like because she never she because she regards every moment with him as so precious she's always reluctant to do anything to ruin it or make a junk or cry or complain or whatever so he just thinks everything is hunky dory and that's like why when when she when she like eventually snaps and doesn't want to be involved in the wedding and whatever and she goes home um, and then a friend like Amber Amber Tamner's character Toby says to us like you're always complaining about him but you never tell him that you never tell him oh you did this you hurt my feelings like that you upset me in this way and then she, then Carmen like says yeah why do I do that and Toby says like I, why can I be angry at you Toby but not at my dad and Toby says to her because you know that even if you're angry at me I'll still love you and come back so like it explains why she's always so nice to her dad because she's like he yeah. left once if I'm cuck with him he's gonna leave and not come back and yeah. now it's even worse because he has this perfect family that is he's going into and so it's, you're right Shadi. It's, it's it's essentially like like her that relationship is on a knife's edge for her like so she's so scared like she he's left her once and she just doesn't want him to leave again and never come back like that's that's what she's most afraid of and um she takes all that shit because like She's just trying to protect like what little relationship she has, essentially. And uh, yeah, that's what happened. So like when she has that phone call with him, I was like, yo, my bro, I, I can't with this. Yo. And look, I, I have no experience with divorce at all. Um, and just like, just the idea of having a conversation like that with your parent was like, I couldn't, man. And especially just the way he treats... Oh, that, that bride deserves an Oscar for how horrible he is. I can't. For me, it wasn't the phone call. It was the it was the, the scene where she storms out of the clothes fitting with all, you know, the... the oh, the, yes. With the, all the girls uh, with no the wedding dresses. No all the girls with no butts. And she storms out of that. And then she's she like, my comes name is home, Yeah, and she comes home late thinking they're going to be so worried about her. Everything is just like fine. They just went on with their lives. <laughs> like... Like, what the hell, man? That's <laughs> just freaking Can mean. Some, they never give context for that scene, eh? It's like, yeah, but... like what was that brat doing, man? Like, it's Mustelli's <laughs> daughter. She's been gone whole fucking afternoon. It's late that night. He's there laughing and joking with his new family. I was like, why didn't she throw him with that? That's why, she that's why I that said to me, he doesn't actually care. Yeah. I he don't think he doesn't care. I just, I, I... I think I think he's, he just assumes everything is fine and like he does what's convenient for him then. Mm-hmm. Like because it's like it's it's cool, like everything is cool, there's no problem, there's no issue, we chilled, we're doing all these things. Like I've done, I've lived my life this whole this whole this way. And like she's never complained, so it's cool. It's it's actually like worse because it's like he's not intentionally malicious. So it's like, it makes it so much worse because he's not like intentionally like trying to harbor or abuse her in that way. It's like all just by the wayside, be that indifference and stuff, which makes it a little bit more painful. And that's why like at the it's end... Just... Oh yeah, go ahead, Jimmy. Go ahead. No, I'm saying it's just already so painful at the age that she is, aside from her justified daddy issues that she is the curvier girl she is the woman of color she's already facing a whole bunch of other things that she's already facing a whole bunch of things that other her from her group of friends who are white girls white skinny girls (laughs) and on top of it all she doesn't even have a home with the people that should be treating her like they are that's true. That is actually a very true. sad episode of IGN's watch list today. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna get, it's gonna get emotional worse. damage. <laughs> that that sequence, common story, it could have actually been 
at first I did have a moment in the movie when I was thinking to myself, there's too many stories here. And I still believe that to a degree. But I can actually easily see how if they had just made a movie about Carmen, um, it could have it could have easily leaned into um maudlin or uh, you know, um like too cheesy, too strappy, whatever. So the movie yeah. gives us just enough of that story for us to like absorb it. And then it's like, okay, now we need to tell another story. Yeah, uh, look at the beautiful ocean. <laughs> <laughs> that that's look, that's the only story where I think they didn't do the the, the story doesn't actually if you take Alexis Bedell's story out of that movie completely, nothing changes. Her story doesn't have the emotional weight of the other three. It's a cool little meet cute kind of story. Go to Greece, um, meet art guy. But this whole thing, yeah, but this whole thing about, you know, the family, the old family feud, and okay, there's no emotional weight because. <laughs> but with fish. Much, yeah. It has no emotional. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's got absolutely no emotional because we don't understand the context. We don't know the history yeah, of them. We, so there's no impact like, to it. Just it's, like a little bit to kind of understand. Like that dynamic, but my, they didn't give it. My that. wife was actually saying, my wife was actually saying there would have probably been like, because like her story is actually very simple and straightforward. She goes to Greece to spend the summer with her grandparents, who she's never has does has, doesn't have a great relationship with because they live in a whole other country. And then while they what's that? What was the dude's name? My father-in-law. Costas. Costas. So she she meets Costas and and like yeah, Costas is this handsome rip dude and whatever, and she's sixteen. We'll get into that a bit later. <laughs> She's there with Costas and whatever, and they like have a good time. They're attracted to each other. It's a summer fling and all this other stuff. Then it turns out that Costas's grandfather and her grandfather had a fuse over fish, because apparently that's the only thing that happens in that town. But then, like the 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 emotional climax of that story is her going to her grandfather and saying, basically saying, "Your bra, don't be like that. I'm just looking for someone." to have a relationship with in the same way that you have with Yaya, like with the, the grandmother. That's what I'm looking for. You know, this might, this might be my opportunity for that. Don't be so. And then he's like, yeah, okay, you know what? Cool. But she never has a single scene with that bra yeah, before no. that moment. Except like, uh, yeah. except when they skit in. She says, they skit. Yeah. Yeah, on the yeah, donkey. And, and he does, and he doesn't say anything. He just, he, she's riding a donkey. He's pulling a donkey. That's it. And then she actually she actually prefaces that scene by saying, like, everyone says, I'm just like Yaya, but actually I'm just like it. But no way in the entire movie did anybody say it. She's like, yeah, that, that, I was like, like once. when she says that, I was like, no, no one said that. Who said that? Please clarify. I need names. I'm going to be Don't honest. Don't like it all. Like and, it all. <laughs> as on, on a rewatch, I definitely agree with all of you but as a teenager I was very much in love with not just Costa Tunis but also this like dreamy beach getaway it's star-crossed lovers and I, I think maybe that's what they were trying to include I think it was, but I, not each story weigh you down so I agree so with deeply so I, I agree that's 100% yeah, what they, it is it's the counterbalance so, so, to the yeah. other more weighty things more emotional stuff yeah but the, the 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 problem is is that it just feels underdeveloped um, to the rest. Just the, they can because actually the, the actual story there is not the romantic angle. That's not the story. To, the story like, is her learning sort of to love and and learning to like learn not to learn to love, learning to just sort of relax yeah. a bit. come out of a shell. Because when she goes over there, she's this bit uptight. She never really you know. She's very shy, very withdrawn, doesn't have to really engage. And that that's actually the story. It's not her falling in love with some dude that you'll probably never see again, chances are. She'll probably never see again. It's it's actually her sort of coming out of a shell. Um, but it gets overshadowed by the sort of rom-com tropes and stuff that gets thrown on top of it. So, yeah, it doesn't quite it's, work it, as well. It's like, I, I promise you, you can cut that entire seat. You can cut it out of the movie completely. And you can, everything that happens to her can be like, five, maybe six lines of dialogue, and it will it will change nothing. Um, so, 
I mean, I, there's nothing really to say about about that relation. Like, I'm gonna circle back to it when we get to um, to Blake Lively. Um, so I just, just want to say before people. that I, I actually want to change my mind. It's actually the saddest story in the whole, all four, just because it made me as sad for them when I sing about Greece again. <laughs> I want to go back there, damn it. <laughs> it <made> me sad. <laughs> that, that place does I look really nice. I specifically went down I would... to the place where she met Cosas when I went to Santorini. Let me, oh, you've been there. Yes, and I was and like, I'm going to find all. Here. I'm going to find all the sort of traveling pants scenes. Let me. Did you, did you make your husband? Like, did you jump into that pier and make your husband die? Down <laughs> and no, you? no. Uh, fun fact. Then why did you from. even go? You went to Santorini <laughs> with a Greek husband. <laughs> didn't didn't remake the scene. What a waste of money. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna ruin some people's fantasy about Santorini quickly. Um, that the amazing scene of, of Santorini, you always see the front side of the cliff with the, you know, the white hotels and everything against it. It's windy as hell and smells like donkey ass. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not even kidding. <laughs> They really, they, they, they walk all the donkeys down there and that, that stretch, that famous stretch you always see on the pictures, you just smell donkey butt, man. <laughs> I didn't take a donkey, so maybe that's why I didn't. No, I didn't take a donkey either, but there's, if the wind picks up in a certain direction, it <laughs> slaps you in the face. <laughs> and it's very windy there a lot of the time of the year. But check one street back, it's amazing paradise. <laughs> I think Shamiz got lucky then. You got lucky I think so. Or like, I don't know, maybe my... Uh... Sinus infection really helped me out. <laughs> so then, uh, look, the other story then uh, of Amber Tamblyn as, as Tubby. So Tubby's the only one who doesn't go away for the summer. And she's like really annoyed by the fact that the friends are all jigaying away, right? And then, but she stays behind because she's like, she wants to be a filmmaker and um, she doesn't really know what a film's going to be about. She's like making a documentary. So she's just like randomly filming people in a town or whatever, like I said, while she's working at Macro. Um, oh, you know, we should actually mention the pants. She's working at Walmart. That's Macro, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically Macro. Well, it's definitely a ripoff of Walmart. Or something, yeah, right? But we should have actually, we, we forgot to, do, to mention the actual pants. Because uh, in the beginning of the movie, and I do like that they never, ever explain anything about the pants. They all go to a shop, like it looks like a thrift store. Some girl whose face they don't even show puts a pile of clothing on and there's a jeans on it. One of them picks it up. I can't remember who. And they all fit this pants on. And the thing about the film is, is that these four girls don't, don't look anything like each other. Like this tall and short and wide and they have very different body shapes relative to each other. Uh, and the pants fits them all perfectly. And so then they make a deal to... Uh, mail the pants to each other and they call themselves the sisters of the traveling pants and they come up with the rules for the pants and all the major plot points happen while one of them has the pants um so then what happens with tubby is is while she's working at macro this girl collapses in a in the aisle she like helps the girl calls the ambulance and all of this other stuff and then a few days later when I forget who sends the pants to her. It gets sent to the wrong address and it gets sent to this girl that collapsed in the shop whose name is Bailey. And then Bailey brings the pants to Tubby and then what starts out as a very acrimonious, heated relationship because Bailey is like, she just says whatever she's thinking. Um, and the two of them basically become friends and Bailey basically inserts herself into Toby's life and becomes her assistant director in this documentary about nothing that she's filming. And they just become the best of friends. Um, and then, of course, like where the chunker and the crane comes in is that you find out later that Bailey is the way that she is, um, so full of life and always asking questions and stuff because she has leukemia. Um, and the reason why she's always hanging out with Tibby is, is because Tibby doesn't treat her like someone that has leukemia. Um, and in a way, even though like the four of them are like the bestest of friends, Bailey and Tibby become like, she, she basically becomes a new member of the pants just by, you know, being herself and whatever. Uh, and Emotional then, damage. Spoiler alert. Bailey dies. <laughs> right? 
And, in the gut, man. In the gut. <laughs> right? Uh, and Toby has to deal with this with this girl that she just made friends with, uh, who basically enriched her life. Look, it's a bit tropey. I, like, we've seen that kind of story before, right? Um, but, like, tropes done well can, you know, can work. And I think in this particular instance, it does do that. Because and you, ne- this, you never get the sense that someone is trying to get an Oscar. Do you know what I mean? When like they're filming the emotional scenes or something, like you sometimes when you watch a movie and it's like this is Oscar bait. Um, someone is trying to get a best Oscar nomination, or whatever. Yeah, it's just like this is the scene. I'm playing the scene. Um, I'm being awkward around this child because she's got leukemia and I don't know how to treat her. So then I'm being awkward. And when she eventually dies, she you know she has to let out the emotions and whatever. It's it's played really well. Um, I thought. No one else has any thoughts. <laughs> no, we're still recovering. We're still recovering from Bailey's death. That's the thing. <laughs> there is no other thought. It's just heartache and sadness. It's yeah. It's very like straightforward. It's like it is what it is, and you kind of yeah. have to take it in and like mull it. And yeah. And obviously, it 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 happened to Tibby, who's very cynical and very negative. I call her negative. She. I think she's like, like very, like, like shielded I, with her emotions. So like, mm-hmm. she doesn't, she doesn't express herself emotionally. So it's like that kind of forces her to, to face it like more openly and deal with it. I don't think it's so much that. I think like you, you kind of right in a way, but she's also the one that the other three turn to when something is going wrong in their life. Like, like when Carmen's father leaves, like when they're showing a flashback, when Carmen's father like uh, um, divorces the mommy, like the night that he leaves, like the first person that um, that Carmen calls is Tibby. And Tibby is the one that talks us through that and it's like, don't worry, it's going to be fine and we'll make it work and blah, 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 and all of that. And like, we'll figure it out. Like, don't worry, you have us, we're your sisters that kind of thing. And so when this happens to her, she doesn't give her friends that opportunity to do that for her. And that's like kind of like the lesson that she needs to learn. It's like, you don't always have to be the rock that people lean on. Like you can lean on other people too. Um, so yeah, look, it's, it's, it's straightforward. It's not particular. like, this is not a complicated movie. You know, <laughs> there's no, it's like this, there's a lot of text, not so much subtext, but it's played it's well. intentions are very clear. Yes. Mm-hmm. So but that wrong bring, with that? no, if it's done well, it's cool. But that brings us now to the part of the of the film that for me was just like hella, hella problematic. Right? So uh Blake Lively plays Bridget Freeland, right? So like in the flashbacks of the film, they like show that her mother killed herself when I think when when um it's like seven or eight, like she's quite young when her mother does this, right? And she becomes very closed off um, because of this, as one would expect, like it's a traumatic thing that happens. And she doesn't, the movie doesn't necessarily make this clear if she blames her father for it, whatever, but she like has this, almost like this completely distant relationship with her father. They don't really communicate. He tries to hold her hand at the funeral and she refuses. And when they show them after that, they don't really... Like the the conversations are very functional. Let's put it that way, right? And the movie like hints when they buy this pants and they make the the like the develop the rules of the sisterhood. One of the rules that they implement is is that the wearer of the pants is the only one allowed to remove it. And when they make this rule, they look directly at Bridget because the implication being that she's. I don't want to say that she's promiscuous, but she's um, she's more knowledgeable about boys than the rest of them. Let's put it that way. Anyway, so she goes she goes to uh, Mexico camp for soccer because she doesn't go to Mexico. She's in Bar. I, I looked it up, right? And and this is and this is one of the reasons why this is so problematic. Also, anyway. She goes to soccer camp to Baja, which is in California. And while she's at the summer camp playing, learning to play soccer and whatever, she falls for one. Well, I don't think she fell for him, but I kind of. I'm going to stop you right there now. I'm going to stop. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we go any further, Baja, California is in Mexico. Is it Mexico? 
Baja is not in California. The place is called Baja, California. And that's is that the whole name? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> Shit him. Is that the whole name? Bang on Fluffy. Even so, even if my geography is bad. Gadop your geography. It's a gadop. Well, why the hell would I need to know? Why the hell would I need to know? It has that classic, like, yellow U. That's what I told you. That was the signal, the walker. Irregardless, <laughs> she goes, she goes to the summer camp and she's kicking soccer balls and she falls for one of the coaches, right? So he's clearly older than her, right? If Baja was actually in California, that means he would need to be at least 21 because he goes to a bar and nobody tries to get his ID and shit, which means he was at least 21. I don't know what the drinking age is in Mexico. I'm going to assume it's 18, which is what it is at most places. But the fact of the matter is, this dude at some point, like she pursues him hard. Let's let's not make uh, any qualms about it. She like really goes after him, right? And eventually she gets him on a beach. They're all emotional or whatever. And it's strongly implied that they, that they sleep together on this beach, right? Not just some kissy-kissy, but like all the way. And I'm like, this dude just statutory raped this girl. And everybody seems really cool about it. Nobody seems bothered. At the end of the movie, he tracks her down. right? And he's like, hey, man, I'm sorry about what happened. I should have known better. But uh, when you're 20, look me up. What the <laughs> fuck, dude? <laughs> I was like, what is happening in this movie? Like that, like at at least this bra felt contrite, right? He was like, at least he was like, that was some stupid shit that I did with that 16 year old. And uh, that shouldn't have happened. But like his apology is like, sorry, no. Yeah. We are right. Just grow, it, just grow a little more. <laughs> I blame the yeah, dog. But what was also irritating is that then she apologizes. Like, okay, yeah, she flirted, but she flirted with a man who. Could have Look, just I'm not trying. Like, I'm not trying to. Yeah. You have to apologize. I'm not trying to like, um, uh, like say that she not like. Cause the fact of the matter is, is that she did throw herself at him at every opportunity, right? So it's not like I'm trying to say, oh, like she's not responsible. Um, but like it's a like, your bro, that was so uncomfortable. <laughs> that whole. Why if all of that happened was so uncomfortable. But what really got me is when he's like, yeah, I'm sorry about that, but uh, when you're 20, no? <laughs> right? I'm like, you did the right thing by coming to tell this girl that was wrong, right? Because it was but wrong. But why'd you end it off with that? Like, <laughs> look me up in four years. Wink, wink. <laughs> no, yeah, that, that was weird. Which, I felt that, that, that was weird. That was dodgy. And which that, makes that, me circle sequence, back. Which makes even me the dog, back like I was, I was, I was skeptical. Why was the dog in like this whole thing? Like, uh, like why did that dog run away to him? Yeah, <laughs> I have questions. That dog is also just so shady. Uh. <laughs> then, uh, uh, like, so I want to take that and just circle back to Lena's story as well, because Lena's also sixteen, and Costas, Greek god that he is, is at least first year university. Well, he says what's he going is. on? What's going on? Well, he says in university and he leaves to go to university, which he says goodbye to him on his boat. And it's like, what is going on with this movie? And like these like high school girls and like, mm, like everything about the movie I love except this aspect. And I don't know if it's a product of, I think the novel was, what did I say? The novel was written in 2001. Um, yeah, 2001. And I don't know, maybe it was just a different time because it was like 20 years ago, more than 20 years ago. But, yo, that was uncomfortable. I, I was very uncomfortable watching it now, but I was also uncomfortable the last time I watched it, which was, I don't know, maybe seven, six, six or seven years ago. But the first time that I watched it, that did not bother me. But I was like probably 12 or 13. Um, so I was not thinking that way. But I also remember my mom watching it with me. And she was like, oh, no. And I was like, what do you mean, oh, no? Like, she's getting what she wants. Like, like what's the what, problem? What? <laughs> like, stop antagonizing them. <laughs> I think part of it is it's, it's, not, it's not made 
the, like the movie just treats this relationship like it's normal. Mm-hmm. Like it's just it's just normal for a 16-year-old girl um, to pine after a guy that's 18. And you know, look, that part is maybe normal, right? But for them to engage in a relationship and it's just, oh, it's, it's fine, it's normal. It's just it's like, that really is like, we can't we can't be promoting that anymore. It's like, it's just not cool. It's like, I, I can't am- remember. Sorry. No, I was going to say, I'm glad that, that um, at least in Bridges' story, they didn't pursue the relationship. There wasn't a happy ending for the two of them. It wasn't, they didn't properly, no one told her that it was wrong, um, other than him and his weird apology at the end. But at the very least, it wasn't sort of a happy ending for the couple. Yeah, look, at least the movie yeah. itself acknowledges that, like, that encounter between the two of them was problematic, even if he did, like I said, end it with, call me when you're 20, right? But at least he was like, you know what? That shit that we did, that was fucked up. <laughs> we shouldn't have done that. And it's my fault. I should have known better. But anyway, call me when you're 20. I can't deal with that part. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was, like, like they, they didn't have to put that. It's in. like you were doing yeah, so yeah. well, brah. <laughs> They, they, they could have cut that line. Yara. Like it was probably based on someone's real experience. Not necessarily probably. the author, maybe someone that she knew, maybe yeah. one of her friends growing up, because these things do happen. That and it does. doesn't always does. it doesn't always get explained. I mean, very recently we had the Me Too movement and it really opened people's eyes as to like what was what, what what's really going on. And not, not just what really is going on, but also that you have actually been harassed or abused mm. or whatever the case may be, because just because you were a 16 year old or a 15 year old that was making the first move, um, if an older boy or man agreed to it, he's in the wrong because he's the adult and he was he should have known better. And you were essentially taken advantage of, even if that's what you thought you wanted. But up until that movement where these things were explained explicitly, a lot of people didn't think that way. And it was consensual, you know, even if they were underage because she wanted it. And so sometimes maybe for this author's friend, if it's based on anyone or not, it may have happened and they never actually established that it was wrong back then. Uh, Look, that's probably very true, right? I mean, um, I can remember going, when I was in school, there were a lot of girls that were on school with me that were dating men. Like people yes. who wouldn't like they were not in these oaks were not in school with us. Like we were we were 14, 15, 16, and then there was like Owens rocking up at school in jeans and, and on the <laughs> civics and whatever. And it's like this bra is clearly not in school, but he's here to pick up Fatima. Let's you know, we'll just go Fatima, random Muslim girl because I went to a Muslim school. And it's like, who's who is she leaving with? Now it's her boyfriend. How did, how is he driving? No, he's done with school. It's like, and nobody thought this was weird. And I mean, well, I thought it was weird, but it, it was a thing that happened. Like we, we can't dismiss that. It's just for me, I know the movie was made in 2005. And like I said, this a thousand times a day in this podcast. It's just, I cannot, this, this that line where the press is call me when you're 20. It's like, no, dude, just, just no. That- that line really like this. It really freaked me. <laughs> like, I, I, I cannot with that line. I just I couldn't. It's it's this is actually I would really not mind if this movie was actually remade. It's actually a perfect movie to get remade, if if I'm being honest, because you can you can deal a bit more explicitly, like with um like Shamiz was saying earlier about um Carmen's whole sense of feeling other because she's Puerto Rican and her father is white and his new family is white and how that works and this situation with 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 Bridget and um having this totally unbalanced relationship there is a way to retell the story and incorporate those facts but still still maintain this wholesome liquor vibe that the movie has man like I can't think of another way to put it this movie just has like a liquor vibe to it um but yeah I, I really wouldn't mind if you if we got like four new young actresses um and they liked it. Oh, just another thing. I was doing the maths. Somebody double check it at some point. But I'm also pretty sure that Blake Lively was also actually 16 when she made this movie. 
Uh, whereas the rest of them were in their late teens, like much later teens and early 20s. And I looked it up, but I can't be sure now. And that actually made it more ick. Because <laughs> that means that the, the actor that was playing um, her burp dude. <laughs> oh, no. I can't. By the way, I think they, I know you said like the 18. The, 18. I know uh, you said you'd, you'd, mm. well, you'd like it to remake this, the, but you know that there's a third movie coming out. Well, so they've spoken about a third. They, they've spoken about a third movie for a long mm. time. It's that's nothing to wear. I think it's like still in like development. Yeah, it's it's probably well, in development hell. I can't think that they would use the same actresses unless they're gonna. The characters are also gonna be super aged up because I mean it's been twenty years, oh, 15 years. Um. And I know the book series apparently is like, like kind of like pulls like a Harry Potter. It's a one year um, in mm. each of like it's like each each book is like a year in their life, something like that. I could be mistaken. I would absolutely buy into a time jump though. Yeah, to I, see I, I, adults see what their lives are about. Maybe they aren't friends anymore, and they somehow kind of like find friends and it brings them back together. I, I, yeah, I, I find the fans. I don't think we've seen that third movie. It was announced as going into development in 2014. The last update was in April of 2014. Uh, we ain't seen that movie. <laughs> that, that movie's loving in development hell somewhere. It's just a thing there on a shelf. It did. Did we lose Aid? I think sorry, Aid is... Sorry, sorry yeah, I, uh... I froze. I, I did frozen. My internet did frozen. That was bloody cool. It's so gold. The internet isn't working. Um, so yeah, IGN uh, reviewed um, this movie in 2005, obviously, when it came out. And Fred Topple was the, the reviewer. And he did not like it. <laughs> he gave it two stars out of five. Uh, he said... This dude of the traveling pants is not unwatchable. You may actually think it's going somewhere at the time, but ultimately you realize it's only going through the motions. And if you're a noble man, you'll feel uncomfortable for the gratuitous sport for our running montage, which I think that last sentence is fair. Um, but I disagree with him. I don't, I don't think the movie goes nowhere. I think, I think mm -hmm. it's a fine enough story. Um, two stars, probably too severe. Three stars at least. Yeah, at least. Yeah, I think it's good enough. Two stars is too harsh. Very much too harsh. I would probably give it a three, and if I was on a good day, I'd give it a four, maybe even. On a good day. If it's like a nice, uh, a nice rainy a day. day, and you got a mm. cup of, you got mm. a, like a mug of, of Milo, and some biscuits, marshmallows in the Milo, you know. Yeah, and did a you like? There's a four out some, of five movie. Something to chunk into, and then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say this though: I I like the movie, I like the movie enough that I want to watch the sequel, because um, I want to know. I'm. I'm desperate to find out if this bra recontacts Bridget. <laughs> I, like, I need to know. <laughs> you know that line is really playing I'm because, because I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> I, watched I, sequel. See. I watched the sequel when it was released, and I'm going to be honest with you, I don't remember one single scene. Oh, okay. Probably <laughs> not, not a single big. scene. But you remembered like this one. No, this one I remembered, and I've also, but to be fair, I, I didn't only watch it the one time. Um, but I know I've only seen the sequel once, and I don't remember anything of it because I remember being disappointed and thinking, "Eh, I'll just rewatch the first one forever." Yeah, yeah. It been, look, I'm gonna watch it if I can find it somewhere because I did look. It's not streaming anywhere. I don't think it's as popular. Because um, no. to be honest, I didn't know there was a sequel. Um, until we watched this one and then i said oh there's there was another one oh okay um so i didn't i didn't even know that but um look ultimately i enjoyed this movie i think it was a good one the things that are problematic are problematic and it wouldn't they be unfair cry. to say yeah i did okay okay i cried <laughs> <laughs> but you cried you cried because of that line it wouldn't <laughs> be unfair to say 
I can't even remember what I was going to say because you interrupted me now and now I'm in my feelings. What was I going to say? Someone figured it out for me. I can't remember. Um, words. Yeah, words. Look, it'll come back to me. Um, but look, let's move on. It's like, I think we've litigated everything that we're going to say about the Sister of the Traveling Pants. I liked it. I'll watch the sequel. If they do a remake, I'm there for it. Um, even You can even get America Ferreira to direct it. I think that would be a quiet thing to do. Um, so that was our last movie for Women's Month. So the theme for next week uh, is remakes. So movies that have been remade. And the like it's wide open. It can be anything. It can be like a, a live action remake of an animated movie. It can be an older movie that's been remade again, like Ocean's Eleven or something. It can be a movie that was originally like a Korean film and then they made it into English. Uh, like anything in that, uh, there's no limitations on genre or actor or anything. It just has to be that the movie was remade. And um, Shamiz picked out, like, she had like a whole selection of Disney live action remakes. And I've seen none of them. I've, um, which, they they all which, also came out at a time that I was not going to the cinema. And I was going to say, it's like so, so odd to me because you gave like this whole list and you hadn't seen any of them because it was like it was a lion king it was mulan it was uh aladdin was aladdin and beauty and the beast not even jungle book <laughs> which is legit, like it's actually like the, like the best book. one of the lot it, it's, it's pretty good. well maleficent i didn't feel I maleficent, maleficent. Well, i don't know if maleficent no. is, a, is a remake really that's it's a prequel i do also want to say that Live-action remakes of animated movies have disappointed me in the past, and I was in no rush to see these. No, no that's totally understandable. That's a hundred percent factual. <laughs> we 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 stand we stand by that statement. We support you in every way. <laughs> um, so, like, did you eventually settle on one? Have you decided? Yes, I've decided. Should I go first since I'm not picking violence this week? Yes, please. Violence girl was going last, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, James. Not this week. Uh, it's just going to be Aladdin. Aladdin. It's a okay. solid pick. It, it's fine. It was all right. I also have it. No, I'm, I actually... <laughs> I don't want to spoil anything, but if Aladdin gets I think picked, we've seen the movie. You can't spoil anything. <laughs> there's a scene I have not in, seen it. No, Shamiz and Shadley, but there's a scene in the movie... You know, people always go on about the woke crowd, you know, and then they'll, they'll pick on anything that the moment it's a person of color or it's a woman that's got a scene, ah, Disney's going woke. There is a scene in this movie that I can almost feel justified by that portion of the audience. It is so in your face, so over the top, it's absurd. But it's just this one scene, it stands out like a sore thumb. Trust me, you'll spot it in the movie. It's it's ridiculous what they did in this one scene. I'm gonna have to watch the whole movie. This one damn scene. Yara. I'm I'm pretty sure I know what Kevin is talking about, but like because I I remember I, we we only went to go watch that movie. I took my whole family went to go watch it. And I think the only reason we watched it was 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 more consensus than oh, we all want to watch this, because it was more a case of, oh, like I want to watch this, I want to watch that, but I don't want to watch that. And that was the only movie we all agreed. We was like, yeah, okay, we'll watch it. And we, <laughs> like we elimination. Did, yeah, it was a process of elimination. And when we like left the cinema, we it was like, oh, that was actually a good time. It was fine, it was liquor. It's not as good as the original, I'll be honest. Um and it makes a, like it makes one or two odd choices where it like departs from the original and you you know so it's like but like why did you do that right Will Smith being the genie is not one of those because obviously they couldn't get Robert Williams um, to do that so and he's not the genie's pretty decent he's pretty good he, he's not bad he's I think what was clever about about that was was that they were like look it's obvious we can't get someone to do like a a, a light version or a a knockover version of uh, of uh, Robin Williams. This is never going to work. So let's just get another big, bold personality and let that person be themselves. And Will Smith was basically just Will Smithing himself, and it works. It, it totally works. Um, yeah, so anyway, Aladdin. Um, Shadley, you want to go next? I will go next. I had a choice. You guys know what the choice was, but then I checked. 
That's only available for rent. So if you guys are cool, it's no, that's available for rent on, on Google Play and Apple TV. Go for it. And this is a movie I love deeply. It's like one of those classic adventure movies. And it's it stars an actor who has done such a dirty and is like, he is so lovable in this role. He deserves like all the love he can get. And that is The Mummy, the 1999 one, not the, the 2017 <laughs> one. No, 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 not no, Dark no, Universe. No. Like the original Arnold Fosloer Mummy, you know that one. You know? I love that. I love that movie so much. I like, love it so much. I can watch it forever. Brendan Fraser, like, just absolutely rocking that. that Even I love that like, movie. It's it's, it's, it's fantastic. It's amazing. It's, it's, I think that's one of those. Uh, that's one of those. Uh, that movie is right up there for me with like um, Into the Spider Verse, where I watch that and it's like I can't. I can't think of a single thing about this movie that is junk or a decision that they could have made or yeah. something that they could have uh, changed. That's like, it, nah, that that's it. That's the movie. That's Steven Summers, like, understood the aside, but it's so did everybody else in that yep, movie. I and love they that just movie so much. It out of the park. Um, do you want to go next, Kevin? Must I go next? Uh, I'm the next. So I, I, I literally changed my mind about this, like, 30 seconds ago. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was initially going to nominate uh, Heat, as you all might have oh, heard. Um, Heat, which is a almost shot-for-shot shot remake by Michael Mann of Michael Mann's own made-for-TV yes. movie, L.A. Take Down. It's like, it's, it's, it's crazy how much it's about the most remakiest remake ever. <laughs> it's probably it's like, I'm going to remake this. I made this movie, but the actors were cucks. Let me do it again with cool actors. <laughs> but um, Zaid mentioned something earlier. I have, as much as I love it, I have seen it multiple times back in the day. Um, and I actually want to pick something I've, I've actually not seen. Now, I know this is probably, I know that our, our crowd votes for the obscure stuff that don't really care, but I'm throwing this out any damn way. And this is something that I have never seen, and it's a complete classic. And if I only recognize it from the GIFs. It's Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I've never seen this. Um, Stella Cost, Donald Sutherland, Jeff you've Goldblum. Never, you've never seen I've it? I've never seen that one. I'm shocked. I've, ne- I've I, never seen it. I've, have I? I feel like I have seen it. But now I'm also starting to wonder if it's just I, like osmosis. Exactly. There are, there are scenes that I know 100% like beat for beat because I've seen those scenes referenced so many times, but I've never actually watched this movie. And it's just all available for rental. And I mean, it's got a stellar cast and it's like, you know, iconic Donald Sutherland pointing at the screen, pulling his mother, oh, going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I, so, yeah, I'm playing Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I think me and Kerbin are in the same boat. Like, we are just filling out the numbers. It's going to be between, <laughs> it's gonna be, be between Aladdin and and, uh, and the mummy. So, I in, originally what I wanted to pick was Dawn of the Dead, which was um, Zack Snyder's... Was it, his, was it his debut film? It was his debut feature film, yeah. It was his debut feature film. And also, I still say, to this day, his best movie. I agree. Right? Like, if you've never seen Dawn of the Dead, you should watch it. And it's like, um, it's just such a good movie because, like, he has, he, he has his visual flourishes that he's known for. But it's not, it's not, um, it's not over the top and there's not too many there's just enough of it but there's also an he's actual not, story he's not up his own butthole yet in his career <laughs> that's that's what it is <laughs> and it's like it's visually great but there's also like um, an actual story of actors given a chance to act um there's subtlety there's subtext there's even like some social commentary and stuff in this film it's a really good movie but it's not available anywhere it's not streaming anywhere it's not available for rent anywhere and so ah, whatever and then I was going to pick like a classic, Jeff Goldblum, Gina Davis, uh, David Cronenberg director, The Fly. But I didn't want to spend money to it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, actually it wasn't that. Uh, the movie I actually settled on is Last oh. House on the Left, um, starring Tony Goldwyn. And the reason I picked it is it's actually been sitting in my watch list for a while. And it's in keeping with the name of the show, iGen's Watch List. So I was like, you know what? I didn't know it was a remake. Uh, oh, I, uh, yeah, no, I didn't know it was a remake. Wasn't it directed, the original directed by um, um, uh, what is his name? The guy from 
we screaming at the, the, the Nightmare on Street guy. Um, and yeah, so I picked that one. But I mean, I can I can feel the way the wind is blowing. <laughs> no one's voting for body snatches. No one's voting for Last House on the Left. It's <laughs> it's the Aladdin mummy show all the way. So prepare yourself to talk no, about one no, of those. No, Rico Cardinal, please vote for Rico Cardinal. He deserves some love. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, nominating for Benny. Benny is the he's, he's the he's the this is cursed. That is cursed. Wouldn't oh, that be? Yeah, look like you're on the wrong side. Of you know what's also like really amazing about the mummy is right is that the sequel was this close to being the perfect sequel. That CGI it was man so so close, and then the rock shows up. That CGI I, man. I actually saw like a photo of like a. Um, yeah, the seeds are like the CGI and stuff like that. And it's the guys that did it were like really apologetic, but it was like time constraints and tech and all of that tech was new for them. But yeah, it, it, it just didn't work out. It just didn't The work. thing about it is, right, it's like this, you could, you can say, oh, it hasn't aged well. Like, look, that happens, man. There's like a lot of movies that came out in the in the late 90s, early 2000s that had CGI and whatever. And you watch it now and you're like, mm, it, it didn't age well, right? But at the time, it was fine. But like when that movie was being made, you could see that was cock CGI. Yeah. <laughs> you no. know what I mean? Yeah. Right? Like uh, Steven Sommers did yeah. a sequel as well? Yes. Yes, yeah. he did. Like, like he, 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 he knew better. And he went ahead anyway. I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt and say that some executive over. No, I think him. I think it was like just, just tight, like the deadlines were crazy tight because this uh the Mummy Returns came out in 2001. So they had like a year and a half to make the, the entire film, which is a very, very, very tight deadline. I just think like they spent all that they spent money. They could have rather given that CGI budget to to the rock and let him just be there. Mm. <laughs> they could have just let him you, be you there. You didn't have to turn him into a scorpion monster. Yeah. You, you can just, just be... go along and, and 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 just like clap even, his fingers and break his like, claws. Like, he could have just story wise it made no sense. Like he could like, have just he didn't have to be like half scorpion. He could have just been like the brass sticking eight and they just beat the asses like it's exactly. not like he couldn't have done that. I mean, that's it, what his whole career was. If they had done that, it would have been like the perfect sequel. But, but you know, anyway, be that as it may. Anyway, so the nominations for next week is The Mummy, Aladdin, <laughs> Invasion of the Body Snatchers. A lot of people could be like, that's a real movie? <laughs> It's <laughs> an actual movie, um, and and uh, the last house on the left. Thank you, Mikey. Thank you comment. We appreciate it. And uh, go out there and buy Shemis Patel Papathanasio's book. It's called The Last Feather. Buy two copies. Send one to me. I will get it signed for you, and I'll give it back to you. And you can hawk that shit on eBay. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> we'll see you. Bye. Cheers. How does one stop recording? Oh, there we go. Track the stop, Kloppy. <laughs> does, um...